The Greg Kelly Show. First caller, the first caller who calls me with this information gets, uh, what are we going to give him? Uh, we're going to give him uh, free pizza at Grimaldi's. No, we can't do that. Sorry. Shoot. Uh, we're going to give him $1,000. No, we, oh, we don't do giveaways anymore. Uh, sorry. Never mind. Cancel all that. None of that applies. Uh, 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 yeah. But I want to know. Who the hell is the police commissioner of the police department right now? The New York City Police Department. Think about that for a moment. Hmm? Nobody knows. There was a time where the police commissioner was basically a household name, not only in New York, but across the country. I remember it when I was a kid. I certainly remember it when my father, the longest serving police commissioner in the history of, uh, let's see, the world, 12 years, first non-consecutive. He also had a term, kind of like Grover Cleveland, had a a term as commissioner in the early 90s. And then again, I think it's 14 and a half years that he was a commissioner. No one will ever beat that. But I know all these commissioners. I mean, I remember growing up. I remember seeing, I think it was Michael Codd, C-O-D-D on TV. I was like, wow, there he is. I got to see him once in person. I remember Bob McGuire, Robert McGuire. I remember when he was a. It was like a. It was like it was a big, big, big deal. Ben Ward, Lee Brent. These guys were giants. Giants. Who is the police commissioner now? Nobody knows. From what I'm told, it's a. It's a buddy of Eric's dad, or a buddy of Eric's brother, or some crony. It's just a crony. It's not the best and the brightest. Unfortunately, to. Uh, yeah, no, in politics and in government and all that stuff, it's it's not what you know, it's who you know. Jackie Gleason, he was right about that. All the way back in 1956, Jackie Gleason would have been running that Gotham bus company if he had better connections. He could have been the guy who built the Empire State Building. James Flippin just walked in. James, how are you? I'm doing all right, Greg. What's the news locally that we should be aware of? Well, I mean, I guess you have heard that Mayor Adams responded to those controversial comments he made on Sunday in which he said the city's a crazy place. Oh, you mean this one? Let's. You mean this? He's already in trouble for this? Good. I love Mr. it. Mr. Mayor, we've come to the end of what was a very eventful 2023, right? <laughs> so when you look at the totality of the year, if you had to describe it, and it's tough to do, in one word, what would that word be and tell me why? Uh, New York. Uh, this is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center <laughs> to a, a person who's celebrating a new business that's open. Wow, isn't that great? You can you never know what's going to happen to you in this big city. You could be the victim of it. Your job, believe it or not, Eric, is not just to wear suits and go to parties and stand around looking at yourself <laughs> and laughing at your own jokes. Your job, believe it or not, is to appoint a uh, qualified, suitable police commissioner with world-class experience, world-class managerial skills, world-class knowledge. Take this world-class, what was once a world-class police department, and use it to defend this city so that doesn't happen. But this is what we get. This is the ultimate clubhouse meets, I don't know, the cat house with this guy. All right, so he's apologizing or something? He, well, no, not really, actually. He sort of said that people are, I people wouldn't say. People are misconstruing yeah. what I said. I he was said do- people know what he meant. What he meant. No. That he, he didn't mean any ill will. That he was saying that, no, you know, he, it's he a just, crazy city. He's like, an idiot. 
He, Basically. You know what's he, interesting is when he clarified today or when he responded to the questions about it, he invoked Sully and landing the plane on the Hudson and suggested I wonder if I that's what he meant when to Sully talk about. Landed his plane. I mean, I wonder if he meant to make that reference and then he said the plane into the World Trade Center. I don't know. He also said that it's offensive because he served in the NYPD on 9/11. So, he lived it. <laughs> you he know the vic- victimhood anytime anytime you can claim victimhood. Wow. How about turning his unbelievably crass, stupid uh remark and turning it around. Oh, I'm off- uh, I'm offended. Wow. Now, um, somebody told me, I think it's Kristen Fleming in today's New York Post, that victimhood is almost the only thing America values anymore. Victimhood, right? Victimhood gets you everything. And everybody wants to be a victim. Everybody wants that status. And there are certain phrases, I was talking to Sandra before, that have fallen away. Nobody has a chip on their shoulder. Why? Because everybody has a chip on their shoulder. Nobody has an attitude problem. Because everybody has an attitude problem, right? Nobody's high maintenance anymore. You hear these phrases anymore? No, you don't. Somebody's got an attitude problem? No, you got an attitude problem if you point it out. I feel like sometimes in sports you hear a chip on their shoulder, I think. I don't even know what. Like maybe if it's like an undrafted player or something like that. You know, sports figures, it's interesting. They're the only guys who society allows to walk tall and proud, right? You know, they walk in, you know, the music or whatever. They hold their head high and they trash talk everybody else. And I'm the best. I actually, some of that we should actually adopt. There's too much self-deprecation in America. It is the way to be. It is the way. It's considered uh, the the, the social uh, lubricant. It's the social, you know, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. It's this guy, you know. I probably do too much of it myself. But then again, it's not coming from false modesty. I'm totally freaked out about myself half the time. All right? I mean, I am a little bit. I don't have that supernatural confidence that, say, Trump has. I don't think it's an act with him. But if you can, I don't know, what do they say, fake it till you make it? Right? Does Trump ever put himself down? I've heard him put himself down like once. Hey, Greg, could you imagine if I hit the bottle? If I was a drinker? Whoa! I mean, look at me now! Right? Yeah, some people say BS is the way to success. Eh, that doesn't really rhyme even. <laughs> BS, way to success. I don't like it. Uh, all right, so Eric uh, said something. Eric, do we have it? Respond. We do have that audio somewhere. Um, somewhere in the basement? I mean, you're the, the guy. Wait, 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 wait. Somewhere in the in attic? In the basement. Well, I don't have it on my piece of paper right here, but I mean, I you know, it's it's available. Piece of paper, huh? Yeah. You have it back there, Diego? <laughs> Which one? The thing that he said today about what he said yesterday. I, All right. I, I can get it for you. But uh, more yeah, or less. Pull some strings. Pull some <laughs> strings. You came in here to announce that that was the news. You don't have the news? You don't have I, the video? Audio? I, I apologize. I should have had it ready. That was my bad. Um, um, you just so, brought your personality today. Exactly. Here I am. <laughs> All right. That's fine. That's fine. Um, is there another news item I should worry about? Uh, well, you talked a lot about it last hour, but you know, obviously uh, Governor Hochul signed this commission that's going to be looking at potential slavery reparations. Now, come on. That is absurd, right? Seems pretty absurd to me, yeah. Uh, let's hear. Do we have to listen to Al Sharpton? Nah, let's not listen to Al Sharpton. Okay. He's done enough damage to this city, you know? And he's he, he, he's not as rel- – just because he shows up on MSNBC, just because he can intimidate certain people – like Eric Adams and um, and Kathy Hochul, you know, we're wise to him. I was wise to him 15, 20 years ago. 
All right, do we have him? No, it doesn't matter. The other thing I wanted to say is this. Um, all right. I feel like I offended you yesterday with my gay comments. You think so? It's pretty well, hard to offend me. Well, you came in here and you kind of, you know, kind of scolded me a little bit. No, I, I like to give you my immediate reaction when you say something that I think is a little bit out of left field. Because a lot of the time I agree with you. Well, all right. And even sometimes I agree with you on issues that maybe not everything I agree with you on. But. I have misgivings about the Pope blessing same-sex couples. And my analogy is if I were back in my days, you know, when I was wolfing around Manhattan and I brought in, you know, some person I was, I don't even want to say it, but, you know. Spending, hanging, spending extracurricular time with. Hanging around with, mm-hmm. Right. Would I bring her to the Pope or the priest or the Cardinal and say, hey, here I am, here we are. Bless this arrangement, this casual arrangement we have with no strings attached. But would you invite her to church to pray with you and to worship with you, and maybe that develops into a stronger relationship over time? Uh, let's uh, be honest here, all right? I'm being honest. Don't put I mean, like, no. Okay. I mean, back then, I mean, no. I, I, that's not what but it was couldn't about. couldn't a casual dating turn into something more serious? All right. Now, here's what's going on, all right? The casual dating. Yeah, and then you get married, and then you go to the church. Yeah. All right? But in the meantime, I would be daring the church. I'd be trying to offend them. I would be trying to push the limits. If I showed up there with, you know, some girl I was hooking up with, and by the way, I'm some dude she's hooking up with, all right? I'm not putting anybody down here, right? But these things happen. Yeah. And say, bless us. Bless this situation we got going on here. I think that's pushing it. And I think also, and I, I, it breaks my heart, and you know I talk about faith beyond controversy when it's not controversial. Too often in our society, it only makes news when it's controversial. And here we are in this run-up to Christmas, and everyone is you know, questioning the Pope, and what is the Pope doing, and same-sex, and sex, and church, and sex, and religion, and homosexuality, and, mm-hmm. and there's so much more to it. Yeah, I, I mean, I— fully agree with you on that and for whatever reason there's this like obsession with sin ranking when it comes to certain christians you know they're really obsessed with the one sin of like whatever you do or don't do in your bedroom it's a it's a pretty stark thing i've and actually excuse me i've never actually even heard the phrase sin ranking never that's heard how I, that's how i look at it i think you think about things like greed uh you know pride um whatever it may be there's lots of sins well it's interesting that pride is a sin but we have Pride Day, Pride Month, Pride Week, Pride. It is right. Like you're not. No one is supposed to have excessive pride. Barack Obama, when he wrote a prayer to God and put it in the Wailing Wall, I felt bad about this, but it became public. Somebody found it, pulled it out. He said, "God, please, Lord, please guard me against pride." Like having too much uh, belief in your own uh, accomplishments, own identity apart from God. That's a sin, and. Um, where does that leave us? Well, I think marriage should be separated. Like, in other words, whatever the state looks at as marriage from, like, taxes and visitation rights and all that kind of stuff, it really should be separated from the church. So we probably actually agree on that on some level. But I just think that when you're comparing, like, a casual girlfriend that you may have just started hooking up with to two people coming together that happen to be same sex who say, we're going to live the rest of our lives together. Number one, that's, that's a not, little bit of a— No, it's not, because the people who are showing up here— and I've already seen some of this. It's not that they're in a committed, loving thing. And by the way, marriage isn't even on the table with the church right now. That's not marriage. Right. But we have a situation. You're blessing the situation or are you blessing the people? I think the lowest of us obviously can get close to God. A murderer. Anybody can get saved. Anybody. 
Um, so I, in essence, what? is is it basically what the church is saying is you can bless the the same-sex couple, but not their marriage, not their union? It depends who the hell you ask and what this liturgy, whatever the hell they call it, means. I can't figure it out. I'm a Protestant, so I I get a little bit confused with all this stuff. Well, there's this also. I think uh, that—I will tell you this. um, (laughs) You—I'm about to say you people. You gay people. Yeah, you people. You gay people. You're going to realize you're signing up for all this stuff. What made made gay people, to a certain degree, special is, well— you didn't have to get encumbered by marriage or the military, a lot of other things, and you were free to pursue creative uh, endeavors. That's one of the reasons why so many gay people are great at Hollywood, great in the arts, right? I'm, I'm sorry. Sure, I, yeah, I think but I mean, there's plenty of straight people that are great in Hollywood and great in the arts. Disproportionately gay. And I think it's because, and I think, I look, I, I think this is kind of a positive. You have more time because you're not. However, the more you become like, straight people, the less you will excel at that stuff. I'm just picturing all the masterpieces that you would do, that you would have done if you weren't encumbered by your straightness. You know, with the you'd be on Broadway, you'd be painting pictures. No, I tell you what, though, there are things that I would have accomplished definitely in my 20s and my 30s had I not wasted so much time engaged in alcohol consumption and, uh, and, and pursuing gratifications of the flesh. Yeah, but sure, but plenty of gay people spend time drinking and pursuing gratification of the flesh, and maybe it's because they don't think they can get married. That is uh, that is true, especially. That is especially true, and I know that, that arguably contradicts some of what I'm saying here, um, but, I mean, there is that stereotype, and in every stereotype there's often a kernel of truth. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. Christmas is next week. We're going to enjoy it. Yeah. What, are, what are you doing for Christmas? I mean, it matters, but I can't solve it here. Neither can you. Yeah, and like I said, big picture, I just think that marriage should be out of the church if it's not, you know, specifically within the parameters of that church, and I'll just leave it at that. But um, Christmas is going to be great. I'm going to see my two brothers. My uh, parents are coming up. I'm going to be seeing my husband's side of the family that day as well, going out to Sussex County. Is anybody on your husband's side of the family a little uncomfortable with uh, you and your husband? No, I don't think so. Is anybody on your side of the family a little uncomfortable with you and your husband? No, I don't think... See, it's funny. If anything, they don't say... I often wonder if my grandparents were still alive, if they would have been a little shaky, you know, just because they're from that older generation, you know what I mean? Like, what were their reactions? Older generation, as in 1999. Yeah, right. Not long ago. Right. Things are changing too fast, but anyway, no, yeah. it's all right. All right. All right. Everybody. Ever, great. All right. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, and we'll have that. Uh, we'll have Eric Adams trying to get out of this uh, silly little box he put himself in when we come back. Greg Kelly. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. 
Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Is the Greg Kelly Show. And I think it's an insult as someone who served during 9-11. Served during 9-11. I didn't read about it. I didn't hear about it. I lost very dear friends and colleagues. I've said it over and over again, the resiliency, the complexities of our city. 9-11 was a devastating time. I still remember getting calls. Still remembers getting calls. It was... <laughs> Eric Adams was a, a cop on 9-11, and therefore he can say ludicrously stupid, insensitive, nonsensical things like this. He is offen- It's offensive for you to be offended by this? And I think it's an insult. No, not I- that. I want to hear the first one. Mr. Mayor, we've come to the end of what was a very eventful 2023, right? <laughs> so when you look at the totality of the year, if you had to describe it, and it's tough to do, in one word, what would that word be, and tell me why? Uh, New York. Uh, this is a place where every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our trade center to a, a person who's celebrating a new business that's open. Uh, this is a very, very wow, 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 wow! And I hear, hear the defense one more time. The defense again. Who served during nine eleven? Served during nine eleven. I didn't read about it. I didn't hear what, about what, it. What did he I'm actually more... do on 9-11? Because my understanding of this guy, he was always running around with that, uh, what was it called again, 100 black men in law enforcement or the Vulcan Society or this or that. Some of these, and he'd always come in asking for some favor. And he, if he didn't get it, he would actually cry racism. That That's his little trick. Very much like, uh, like Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton did what Eric Adams did in the police department, but he did it on a macro scale. Eric Adams was like kind of a wannabe, a wannabe, moonlighting, providing security for uh, Minister Farrakhan, moonlighting, running for Congress as a Republican. Man has no convictions. Man stands for nothing but a stylish suit. And oh, by the way, it ain't that stylish. It actually looks pretty cheap. It looks a little, I don't know, it's too tight. It's very uh, suit supply-ish, and they make some great clothes, but he's gone over the top. Uh, quite frankly, when he wears that vest, looks a little pimpish. It looks a little pimpish, a little much. And when you're thinking so much about your appearance and your dress, you cannot do an adequate job, whatever that job is. And unfortunately, he has a very big job, but he can't do it. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. You ever see uh, Shawshank Redemption, the great movie about the guy in prison? Shouldn't have been there, and then he escapes. Not to give it away, but the movie is thirty years old, and uh, Morgan Freeman is in the movie. Great, great actor. What else has he been in? The Seven Deadly Sins with Matt Pitt, whatever that one was. That was very, very good, very intense. Um. Anyway, he's a great actor, and I like the way he thinks. And, uh, you know, how ludicrous would it be to have White History Month, right? White History Month. They'd probably, they'd probably call you a racist if you wanted to have White History Month. Well, isn't Black History Month, doesn't that sound equally as absurd? 
but it's everywhere and it's uh it's like a kind of a corporate mandate right <laughs> i mean everywhere you go at corporate uh, government uh societally black history month which i believe is in february and it's not unfunny or un or incorrect to point out that it's the shortest month of the year i mean if you like it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of a weird diss even though i think the whole thing is unnecessary but here's morgan freeman speaking about this on 60 minutes a few years ago with the late not so great Mike Wallace, go. Black history behind ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What do no. you do with yours? What, which month is white history month? <laughs> no, well, no, 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 come on. Tell me. Well, the, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which I'm month Jewish. is Jewish history month? No, there isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Yeah. Well, you want one? No, no, no. I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? Until... Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You want to say, well, I know this white guy named Mike Wallace. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Hey, and I give Mike Wallace credit, actually, because, you know, he's kind of recognizing the absurdity in the moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's learning in the moment. And not everyone's going to say the right thing about race. I get it. You know, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to try to. It's okay. Bill Clinton, actually. I actually liked it when he said this in 19-whenever. Well, anyway, maybe I'm contradicting myself, but he said we should have a national conversation about race, and maybe we could, I don't know, come to better understanding. But now it's gone a little bit overboard. Morgan Freeman, what wise words. Hey, you know they tried to cancel Morgan Freeman. CNN did in the most absurd way. Right when the Me Too movement was uh, starting up all over again, uh, he was at a press conference, and he said something he just said the most innocuous thing, and they tried to make it seem as though he were sexually uh, harassing a reporter. I got to find that. It was one of the most eye-opening, like, what kind of bizarro moment are we in? This guy said something benign, harmless, in front of 50 people. And actually, it was on television. Nobody noticed except for this one silly reporter at CNN out to make, uh, you know, out to make trouble. And that's what the that's what a lot of folks in the media do. All right, it's the other thing I wanted to play. I gave you a couple of other. Uh, is this the Al? Sh- no, we don't want to listen to that one. We want to listen though, however, to uh, Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. Now, a couple of things here. Remember, um, Mr. Giuliani, our favorite mayor, a default judgment against him. He denies that he defamed them. I have issues with Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss and what they said during the January 6 hearings, especially, especially when uh, Ruby, or was it Shay? I think it was Shay actually, who said, I can't go to the grocery store no more. I can't transfer phone calls. I can't hand out my business card no more. Whatever, whatever she went through or did not go through, that's not $148 million worth of damages. And people are allowed to uh, suspect things in America for the moment, for the time being. This is still kind of supposed to be America. 
And then during those hearings, uh, she talked about what her mother was allegedly subjected to. Do we have that ready? Go ahead. Ms. Moss, I understand that people once um, showed up at your grandmother's house. Uh, Tell us about that experience. Um, I received a call from my grandmother. This woman is my everything. I've never even heard her or seen her cry ever in my life. And um, she called me screaming at the top of her lungs like, Shay, Shay, oh my God, Shay, just freaking me out, saying that um, there were people at her home and they, um, you know, they... What happened? Buffering? Haven't seen that since I had AOL. Buffering? <laughs> okay, well, you let me know when it stops buffering. You know, they... Hello? All right. We'll get another clip. Um, now, she alleges that uh, her grandmother was being harassed, but it gets very, very weird and murky. Now, look, I don't want anybody to be have their home invaded. And she says that she was subjected to a brutal home invasion. Well, brutal home invasions are against the law. But they tried to, I believe, from what I can tell here, confuse the issue. Somebody knocking on your door, that is not a home invasion. It's not. Now, it might be a little bit jarring. You know, people don't just show up anymore at somebody's house that used to be before telephones and even with telephones for a while it happened, but people don't do that anymore. So it could be jarring, but knocking on the door and a brutal home invasion, those are two different things, right? But they were always trying, they were out to confuse, not enlighten. Where are the arrest reports? If Ruby Freeman or Shay, if Shay Moss's grandmother was subjected to a home invasion. I want those people prosecuted. But I haven't heard about it. That, that, that actually hasn't happened. Now there's this, and I think it's very, very important. This is, this is Lady Ruby. I guess this is the mother of Shea Moss, right? And guess what the FBI did? They showed up at her house in early January, a couple of days before January 6th. The FBI, January 6th, 2021, The FBI wants to talk to election worker Ruby Freeman and listen to what they say to her, according to Ruby Freeman. I think she's being questioned here by Liz Cheney, and then you'll hear what she says. Go ahead. Your conversation with the FBI about needing to leave your home for your your own safety or perhaps recommending it. Um, Do you remember, was there a specific threat that prompted that, or was it the accumulation of, of threats that you had received? What prompted it was um, was getting ready to January 6th was about to come. That's what prompted it. January 6th was about to come in Washington, D.C. That's where it was all, right? That's where the electoral count was going. And, and why the FBI goes to Ruby's house in Atlanta on January 3rd and said, we got to get you out of here because of January 6th. So the FBI knew a lot about January 6th, a lot about what was to come. What were they doing? What were they doing to enhance security? What were they doing to make sure that the Capitol was not trespassed inside, right? What did they do? You know, this is the same FBI where senior FBI officials, Lisa Page and Peter Strzok, were texting each other relentlessly about how much they hated Trump and all the things they were going to do to prevent him from being elected. I think the FBI had a role here 
in trying to tarnish Trump to the extent that he would be unelectable, if they could tar him with this insurrectionist nonsense, right? If they can besmirch an entire movement, the MAGA movement, by leaving doors open, provoking a riot, they could actually kill MAGA. Because if you look back at the presidency of Donald Trump, nothing was extreme. Nothing was over the top. The only thing that was over the top and extreme was the reaction from the Democrats. Impeachment number one, impeachment number two, the phony Mueller investigation. That stuff was extreme. So going out the door, they knew they had to get Trump on one more thing. How do we, how do we make him politically unviable forever? You can't because of his policies. You can't because of the tweets. But if you were able to say that he was a threat to democracy and that the you, an insurrectionist, you see? So I think, and that is amazing testimony there from Ruby Freeman, of all people. You never know where you're going to get the truth. You never, ever know. Viviana, hello. Hi there, Greg. Boy. There is a mess in New York City. I do not understand how the mayor can just be so cavalier to make a statement like that. I, Uh-oh. Um, Alec Baldwin uh, being approached. And right now at this time, we really have to lift up prayers to God for the wisdom to know how to be courageous enough to demand that we have protection for our city. Um, I'm thinking about the BLM and, um, and Antifa components of these pro-Hamas demonstrators. I'm thinking about the, the police being gutted out. And then instead of enhancing um, the budget for uh, the security, the homeland security component of the NYPD, we're going to cut it. Mayor Adams, it's time to get the city in order. He doesn't know we how. Can- he does not know how. And he's too much of an egomaniac to appoint somebody who does know how. And the few people in the administration who do know how, he's not listening to them. Hey, you mentioned Alec Baldwin. Why did you bring him up again? I know what he got into, the shouting match at the pro-terrorist rally last night. But why did you mention him again? What? I mentioned mentioned Alec Baldwin, that um, they confronted him. You you can't be a a person just walking in the street. There's BLM and there's... Well, um, I mean, it is Alec Baldwin and people recognize him and, and that kind of thing. My understanding is he was sticking up for Israel, right? And he's not pro-Hamas, right? Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the it is weird, is that- though. It is weird. you got to admit, Alec Baldwin's walking around this city, and you don't think about the woman that he shot and killed. I I believe it was an accident, all right? It was an accident. But, you know, there are there is potentially culpability there, right? Negligent homicide, manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter. They have all these categories. And I'm not really talking about Alec Baldwin. I'm talking about human beings and our capacity and why we, what we remember and what we don't. And it's very interesting. Alec Baldwin became household name famous before the internet. I remember Hunt for Red October came out, I think, in 1990, the movie, and that made him a, a super-duper star. And I don't know. It's like <laughs> he could shoot somebody and people – if he walked in the room right now and I interviewed him for five minutes, I don't know if I'd even bring it up, right, because it's just so – left the public consciousness. It's weird, isn't it, Viviana? It is very weird. And Greg, could I ask you one more thing? Please, please, please. Could you look up 
the City of Yes initiative of Mayor Adams. It is to uh, deter even having single-family house neighborhoods and demanding that people with and make um, uh, multi-level... all right, hold on a second. Uh, hold on, I got it, I got it. Me, I'm sending in a text message. This is my new thing. I send a text message to myself. This is the ultimate filing system, and I always get this stuff. Let me see here. Uh, I would like to send... The City of Yes, right? City of Yes initiative by Mayor Adams. All right, the I got it. It's in the file. It's in the file. I'm going to check it out, okay? Viviana, thank you so much. Actually, ooh, this does look weird and creepy. I will have more on this and some other important matters in a moment. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Who remembers this song by Chuck Mangione? You may not recognize it yet, but here comes the trumpet. Or should I say flugelhorn? Hey. Where's that freaking flugelhorn? There you go. All right. You know, just a, it's a feel-good song. Actually, the name of the song is Feel So Good by Chuck Mangione. came out in the late 1970s. I remember at the time being puzzled why this kind of mm, semi-generic ballad became such a hit. And it really did. It became a huge, huge, huge hit. But, I mean, listen to it. It's just like kind of whatever, right? It's... I mean... Foreigner was really big when this came out. I mean, just it's it was so out of left field. Anyway, Chuck Mangione is a New Yorker. He's up upstate, I think. And his brother Gap, great guys, still making music. Uh, the other thing is Gaza hospital chief admits to being Hamas commander. The head of the hospital there is actually a Hamas commander, and he's been using the clinic as a military base. Hmm? How about that one? The other thing that's in the news. Ooh, ready for this? Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. You know that phony couple? The New York Post is exclusively reporting where they're going for Christmas and New Year's. But the thing is, I have to click on it to find out, and I'm not going to click on it. All right? This is a phony scam relationship. And quite frankly, and I, I'm actually sincere about this, I don't want to know about what couples who are not married are doing. I don't want to know what they're... Get married and then let us know. And I still won't care, but... Again, I don't want to know where two people who have been dating for six weeks are going on vacation with each other. You can do that, but you don't advertise it. Adam, hello. How you doing, sir? Good. How you doing today? Yeah. Um, you said you're going to give me more time, man, but I guess. Hey, uh, uh, why don't you just take the, not the time that I've given you, Adam? <laughs> okay, sir. Um, Kamala Harris is the new abortions are she's going to go around to every state and talk about this abortion stuff that trump got flipped over with roe versus wade Mm -hmm. so that border thing you're talking about is going to be minuscule 
to the abortion stuff when it's come time for voting. The women ain't going to forget that. How do you feel about that? And, how do you feel about that? You're more for abortion than uh, border security. Is that how you feel? And you think women agree with you? I mean, how do you feel, number one? Well, What's more important, abortion promotion or having a border? I'm going to answer the question. Uh, ladies should have the right to do what they want in 2023. See, they're, they are manipulating you. They're manipulating. The thing is, Adam, it's not it's not their own bodies. There are two bodies, two bodies, a baby's body. But I hear you. Kamala's out there trying to exploit the issue, exploit people, um, especially, oh, by the way, people of color. You know who was really upset about Roe v. Wade when it passed more than almost any group in America, Adam? The, bl- the Black Congressional Caucus. Because people like Charlie Rangel, Democrat Charlie Rangel, were fearful that this was about a population control in the black community. You got to go and look it up, man. There was a lot of discussion. And if you look at the numbers, they just might be onto something. They were onto something 50 years ago. Something really, really rotten in this country. And Kamala Harris, you think she's doing that for your good, your benefit, your family's benefit? Or is she doing it for power? Honestly, Adam, I want your answer. Is that about power or is that about women's rights? It's about women's rights. All right, Adam. You, I, I thought I thought after all that time in the joint, all that time, you know, driving the bus, all that time listening to WABC, you might be a bit more, a bit savvier, a bit with it. I mean... Dude, you sound like a country bumpkin right now. You're being used by these people. Used. <laughs> You're crazy. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm glad you got it. Adam, final word. Where did you go to jail? The, the, the prison sentence. Where was it? What's your, what big... I'm going, I'm, I'm going... I went to jail the same place Trump is going to jail at, sir. That's cute. That's no, I'm you're right. But tell me, tell me what prison you went to. I hit you with that. Tell me what prison you went to. Actually, uh, yeah, go ahead. Attica? Well, you got to go to downstate. You got to go to downstate first. Where is that? But I think that's closed now. I went to prison like 30, 25, 30 years ago. You remember where you were? Oh, you were there for a Dutchess, couple of years. Dutchess County. Dutchess County. Dutchess County, New York. Is that Fishkill? Yeah. Is that Fishkill up there? Did you go to Fishkill? It, 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 was, it, was, it was connected to that. Downstate is in Fishkill, New York. Uh, let me ask you this. Who was the most famous uh, person you met in prison? Because often, you know, you, you never know who you're going to run into. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. He's a white guy. What did he do? He died in prison. What did he do? Murders. Murders, man. A lot murders. of them? You heard of them, too. Mark, Mark David yeah. Chapman? No. Robert Chambers? Nah, I think it, No, I know Robert Chambers. I was in jail when him. He was in Comstock with me. What was he like? He was cool, man, but he got high a lot. You can get high in jail, huh? Hell yeah. That ain't really nothing. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I, you know what? He got out of jail and he gave an interview. The guy was actually making a lot of sense. He's like, I get out of jail and everyone's smoking weed and every and we have no border. And he's like totally mystified by it. He's around. Uh, well, Adam, it's always fascinating. Well, Dog Sullivan. Hello. What? what? Mad Dog Sullivan is his name. Uh, he was Mad an... Dog Sullivan. All right. You looked it up. I'll, I'll, I don't remember that case. I don't remember that case. But okay, I'm, gl- I'll, I'm, gl- I'll go, yeah. I'm glad you made it out unscathed, especially hanging around Mad Dog there. Uh, Adam, thank you. And there's the music. I got to go to be continued. Um, and tomorrow, tomorrow, how many more days till Christmas? How many more days? I've got to get stuff. I got to get a lot of stuff.